that's too funny. Fully aware now. Yeah, people are great. Yeah, people want to know. They want to figure it out. People want to know. That's okay though. Um, but as long yeah, as you're not like burning down their home. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how crazy angry, people are there. Angry mom. Nah. Everyone's very, very laissez-faire here. Even more so than anywhere else. There's, I, I don't think anyone has enough time in their day to, to warrant pitchforks and and uh, and, uh, and and torches and stuff. So I think I think we're pretty good here on this side. Um, hey man, there was a lot that happened this week. Actually, I was looking at it. I mean, we did miss a little bit uh, last week, but I wanted to talk about Kyrie and Dennis Schroeder. That was that was kind of interesting. Like I missed that one, but I heard uh, Kyrie has uh, converted to Islam now. Man, I don't know what's going on in this guy's life, bro. <laughs> like, that's what I want to talk about. What is going on in your life? You know, midway through an, a basketball season, you convert to Islam. Like, as if you, you, you know, and, and cool. Like, good on you, bro. But, like, did you not realize that Ramadan is coming up? Like, you know, I would have said, let's hold off till the end of playoffs. I would, I w- I would be like, yeah, you know, I'm... I'm in it, but I'm not in it till the end. Because he, Kyrie, has played basketball all his life. But Kyrie doesn't know what it's like to play at that level while practicing, like while practicing Ramadan. You know what I mean? That's, that's tough on the body. You know, most other athletes, even when they are, if they are practicing Muslims, do take a break and they break their fast. Um, like, you know, as, as an exemption, I guess they get exemption from whatever their, whoever their spiritual leader is or imam or whatever. Mm. <clears throat> because of course there's that, there's, there's the, there's that exemption on it. But I'm like, dude, besides that, like, you're still going to be in the thick of it. There's a lot of ceremony. There's a lot of, you know what I mean? There's, there's, it's. Oh, pray five times a day. It's a new job. It's, he picked up a new job is basically what he did. It's a new job. It's like he's got he's got part-time job and this guy picks up part-time jobs like you won't believe. This guy is a Keystone Pipeline advocate. This guy is, you know, you know, like <laughs> First Nations and stuff, you know, all for it, you know, all for it. Like I think we're witnessing what are we witnessing? Um, well, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I think right now what we're witnessing yeah is a man who's trying to discover himself and find out who Kyrie Irving is. Like For we're sure. at that state. And For sure. the thing is a lot of us have gone through that journey. Some might yeah. even still go through it. You know, there's yeah. always going to be like a reincarnation of sorts of For sure. profession. You're who you are as an individual. For yeah. Sure. 100%. And there's some, and there, and there are those who have an identity that is just straight up. Right. Like it's just like Paul they know who they are. They've already found themselves. <laughs> Okay, leave him alone, right? <laughs> leave my boy alone. Who is it? Was it? Uh, I don't know. There's a point company I was offering money. Paulie. They said they'll pay. They said they were going to offer him for his basketball analysis while strippers Matt. are going to be in the background. Matt. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely. I, listen. I love it. I like man. I'm gonna still rock with him I, till I die. I don't care what people say. Uh, even if he was, you know, acting up. Acting up. I'm gonna still I'm still gonna I'm still gonna you know I'm still gonna protect my boy. That's that's, how, that's how I see it. He I think that in that and moment I, 
You and you know, if I saw him, I'd be like, "Bruh, like I don't know." What <laughs> yeah, yeah. you could like, yeah, like you have some what, questions. What, 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 what in your mind <laughs> made you think that was a good idea? He's like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm from South Central. You know, I'm a real I'm a real guy. I'm a real G." And you'd be like, "You know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You are." <laughs> no, but back to Kyrie. Back to him. No, I found it very interesting mm-hmm. and kind of sad. It just. Because I think what we saw, and we, we kind of joke around, like, you know, I think we've, we've, we've kind of poked, yeah, poked fun poked, a little bit, especially, of, yeah, yeah um, in regards to, you know, his, his belief, well, like, like uh, a flat earther and, you know, stuff like that. I personally think it's just that this is a maturation process of a guy, and the difference between you and I and many others yeah. is that he has a camera on him and a spotlight 24/7. on him 24-7. Yeah, and for sure. You can imagine how insane that is. It's like when we watch child actors grow up, right? Yeah. Macaulay Culkin was messed up. Messed up. Right? Now he's going to be a dad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's funny because we're, you're, you don't have that luxury anymore, right? I'm sure yeah. this kid, you know, when you talk about Kyrie, you know, from the days when he started playing junior, I bet you junior high ball, he started having eyeballs on him and it just gradually got bigger. Yeah. So you don't have uh, the luxuries as you would say, yeah. like I mentioned, you and I in that case. So we're watching a guy who's just really trying to find himself and trying to find that spiritual aspect. And for him, He's trying to find Islam before it was more of a, more of a, a new age philosophy when he was, you know, you know, I guess getting rid of curses uh, at the, you know, at, at the TD garden with the sage earlier in the year. Bad, I, bad yeah. spirits. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I, I think that's where we are. So I come, when I see that, I come with a sense of compassion yeah. for Kyrie in that case. Yeah. Cause I think that's what we're seeing right now. And I'm like, yo, this is just a dude who's what? 26. Yeah, like effectively, 26, you know, 27? yeah, he's just under 30 years old, like he's still kind of learning. Uh, yeah, I agree. You're, I agree. Like he's, he's growing up before our eyes is basically he's 29. what it is. Yeah. He's 29 years old. So he just turned 29 in March. Young bull. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, when you look at that, you're like, yo, he, he's not even become the guy we're going to know. Yeah. That's so true. And I, I and I think that's where I think oh, maybe I know I think his I think his talents are are kind of superseding some of the antics uh, that that you would suggest or that, that that are you know kind of are being suggested. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And for Kyrie, I think you know you you have that leash. Yeah. And people are really starting to say, you know what? Maybe just maybe we have to kind of give him that sympathy and just be like, okay, this is a dude that's discovering himself. He's going to make mistakes. When were you even at your frick? There are people who are in their forties who still make stupid decisions. So to go after Kyrie or to criticize him for certain things, he's, you know, so for me, I'm like, all right, I'm going to give him grace. I'm just going to give him the grace here because he's just trying to find what works for him, what gets him Zen and gets him moving forward. Not from a basketball sense, no more. We're talking about a real person, a real man here as he gets uh, post-basketball. Yeah, so we're, yeah sure. exactly. So we're, we're, we're in that stage now, and I think that's why he's given that leash out in Brooklyn. He's got family nearby. I know yeah. he's done some things that you're like, oh, come on, bro, but you're just hoping that there is some people in his life, and, and maybe it's the faith aspect that, that kind of gives him that focus and clarity that he goes on and becomes, you know, 
you know, you know Kyrie the Irving, the, yeah, the, the man. man, yeah, for sure, for sure. I totally agree. I I think you know what my um where I think a lot of people might maybe coming from maybe in a constru- more so constructive way. Of course, bagging aside, like I do think though, Kyrie Irving is a generational talent, um, and a and a well learned guy. Like he actually is very eloquent when he speaks and and you know people listen when he speaks right regardless of what it is he's saying but now the pro the thing is because i think even within i guess the context of of north america like a guy like him is rare to find you know where you can you can tell he's like his intelligence supersedes just the game of basketball it's very obvious like this guy is very deep. He's very introspective, you know, uh, regardless of whether or not he knows what he's, you know, or what, what he's talking about, rather. And it's like, you, you know, it's kind of the way I look at, like, a coach who sees the, the, the potential and you, you want them, you, you're like, hey, man, you know, I might, they may be harder on you than the other players, but it's almost as though because we feel as though you're actually you are that good, you are that talented, um, and I know I think aside from the because it's of course where he is on the on the on the court is a different story, and maybe that frustration of maybe not concentrating on the court is where you know a lot of the bagging comes from because you're like saying you know this is how good you are as a player, and uh, maybe of course yeah the, the you know, if, if people were to understand more, maybe even myself, you know, understand more that where is he coming from as a man, like outside of the sport, you know, it does paint a different picture. And you realize maybe our being critical in terms of trying to promote a positive, you know, you know what I mean? You like you bag on someone because you, you're trying to push them to do to do more good, you know, say, why aren't you doing enough for your team? right? You're taking personal days, you're doing this, you're getting COVID screened for, you know, you're not passing COVID screening, you know, and it's less about us trying, or me, I could say personally, um, trying to go at him on a personal level, but saying Kyrie Irving, I, Kyrie, you know, like, I remember 20, I remember 2016, I remember you shooting a three in Steph Curry's face, like it was nothing, draining that like 73 and nine Moses that was the team he drained a like a dagger on and I and in my in my mind you know that's that's a level of athleticism of cool calm and and a, like a different level of of athlete of performer and I think that's where I like my frustration is, or at least a lot of people's frustration is, because you really want to see more of that. You want to see him get in someone's face. You know, I, I, I loved that he wants to emulate Kobe, but more so because, or, or rather not emulate Kobe, but like he had such an attachment to Kobe because more so I wanted to see that veracity. You know, I loved, like, you know, I never got to watch Michael Jordan when he played because, of course, I was not born. Kobe, I caught the tail end of it. You know, I watched from, what, 2008 onwards. You know, I saw, I saw the last two rings or the last ring he got. 
So I, I could kind of understand like the veracity and I, and I kind of watched a lot of him a bit of him earlier on as well. You know, my cousins were really into to the Lakers back then. And I personally, you know, I, at first I didn't understand why <laughs> no one else was touching the ball. And I thought it was kind of, I was like, it's not a team sport, but the veracity, right. And the, and the, you know, I'm going for it all attitude. Like, I think we need, we, I love to see that. I, I, and I think Kyrie Irvin has that potential. Like he's done, he's shown flashes of I'm taking the game over. It's not about me being number two. Like I'm, this is my game. This is who I am. And, and I'm going to show you how great I am. Right. And I think that's where a lot of this comes from. It's like, you want to see more of that. I want to see more of that. Um, does that mean I think he's, you know, he's not living up to the potential? Maybe, maybe not. It's not my story to tell. Obviously it's, it's his, right? If that's not who he is as a player, that's just not who he is as a player. Then we just got to look for someone else, you know, because honestly, LeBron James is not that guy. LeBron James is good. Don't get me wrong, but LeBron James is not Kobe. He's not Michael. And that's okay. You know, slander me all you want. I got LeBron James, you know, uh, he's, he's my wallpaper, you know, like this, I really appreciate LeBron James. I think he's an incredible player, you know, but I also think that the sport, the NBA, like people love and kids love like guys like that. I, that you idolize guys like that who take the game over. So I, you know, you know, big ups to Kyrie. Hope he figures this thing out. You know, uh, I guess Ramadan Mubarak to him now. <laughs> so, you know, ho- hopefully you had a very good first iftar. You know, and now you can uh, you can go about learning more about yourself, I guess, and then more about the religion, and you find some sense of peace through it. I I do hope that this is also going to help him resolve or or bring him closer to a sense of peace after losing Kobe. Cause I think that's a lot of what is happening as well. You know, the whirlwind of him trying to figure out who he is post losing his big brother. Right. Like, because that's really what's happened is, as he seems to have kind of, you know, gone wayward, but yeah, big ups to him. You know, I think we kind of jumped in even without an intro, but that's okay. Um, that's fine. Uh, by the way, Irving uh, talks about how, he likes to read. You talk about a guy who's, you know, cut from a different cloth. Yeah. Now you think of a, you know, a traditional drunk athlete, right? Guy yeah. journals, guy reads, he can sing, dance, right? He, he plays uh, an instrument, musical instrument. So, you know, he's talented. He's one of those, he's a well-rounded individual. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Or, or getting to that point, if not already. So to, yeah. to certain aspects, you know, yeah. now he's trying to fulfill that, you know, that spiritual side of him. And, I, and find meaning. I feel, I feel like he's one of those guys that, who was an athlete who probably even would have gotten even more out of university than most of his, of his peers, like, to be honest. Like, they were all studying freaking Soch 101 and, you know, African studies, whatever that means, uh, you know, to get that, get that, that uh, C plus, stay on the roster, you know, whatever the NCAA requires, minimum. The minimum requirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep a, keep, keep a uh, 2.8 or maybe it's three. I think it's three. Three GPA. The GPA, I think, is just 3.0. Um, so, like, but I think he would have been one of those kids who would have pref- 
benefited going the full four years, right? Like, or maybe not even Duke, maybe go to an HBCU. I hope he does go back to a university or to an HBCU. Like, I think Kyrie, you know what? I see Kyrie growing dreads, you know, um, you know, putting on some glasses. And Is he going to do a full on, uh, who am I thinking of? Um, Ricky Williams? Yeah, exactly. Just, just, just <laughs> about mm-hmm. face. And now you're talking March about... March to your own drumbeat. Drum, yeah. Talk about reparations or something. I don't know. Just be, just be you know, wear kente cloths only now. That's what I'm looking for, Kerry. I'm, I'm good with that either. Either way, you know. Um, but we wish him well. And now let's also move on to his, uh, his counterpart here, who's, who's unfortunately needed to announce his sudden but very much kind of expected retirement. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge has um, come forward to say he's, he's retiring from the game now. Uh, it was apparent just recently, I guess, as of this, uh, if we're taping this today on, the, uh, on Thursday, what is it? Thursday the 15th. So I think as of Tuesday, I think that was the last game he played. And due to an irregular heartbeat, I, I, we, were made a, we were aware of this, like maybe not necessarily the heartbeat really, but like that he'd had issues with his heart before and he'd actually gone for surgery and that did affect his playing, you know, both in San Antonio and at Portland. Like that's why he didn't really feature often, um, mm-hmm. you know, despite being a seven-time All-Star great guy you know never never a bad thing to say about lamarcus aldridge um unfortunate you know moses uh, did you get a chance to take a look at that uh, what do you what were your thoughts on that sometimes health trumps whatever you might be going through or whatever you're looking for or, you know wanting to continue and it sucks when you have something like that that alters your life the good news is you know he does have life after basketball and he can find ways to continue to stay in the league, whether he wants to coach or find some kind of, you know, advisor role. Listen, you know, ESPN has an open chair right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lamarcus, the job's yours, the man. Job, if you want it, man, <laughs> it's an yeah. open spot. We have, they have a, you know, their their standard very low bar. There's just a certain thing you yeah. shouldn't put online. That's it. No strippers, no smoking yeah. weed, please. As okay. long as it's not online. As long as it's not online. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's you don't, it. Uh, you don't put that on. Yeah, Just exactly. don't put it online. Or if it is, no. make sure it's not yours. That's it. <laughs> if you just happen to be there. <laughs> yeah, wear a mask. Plausible deniability. Sorry, Moses, yeah, what you, you were saying. No, uh, it sucks because you know, it reminds me of Chris Bosch. Yeah. And Chris Bosch still had many more years left in him. Oh, yeah. But career was cut short because of uh, issues. With yeah. His, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You can only say it, it's, it sucks when you can't go out on your own terms, and that is a little disappointing. And I think for LaMarcus, there was so much promise, but nothing uh, you would say came of substantial value. I know he was prior to uh, – Prior to San Antonio, he was in Portland, and there was big things. Um, you know, when you look at Brandon Roy, and you look at uh, you know, man, Brandon, oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you look at Ogden. Yeah, they had a very mm-hmm. strong squad at that point. They were looking like, and, and what's crazy was when those three were on the court yeah. together, they had like the end was very little. But I think yes. they were like, 
And I'm, again, I'll have to check the numbers, but it's something as ridiculous as like 30 and 7. It's somewhere along those lines when they were all, all three were on the court together. Uh, they the, the the team was the Portland Trailblazers were like thirty and seven or something. Yeah. It was just a really they, they just yeah they yeah they looked like they were going to be a big force. Yeah. And then of course uh, we we knew what happened to uh, Ogden. We know what happened to Brandon Roy, who had yeah. his career cut short. I know him and Daly and uh, Damian Lillard, uh, you know, uh, tried to have a uh, you know a, yeah, form a duo. Yeah, as yeah. when Damian and, came in. Yeah, and then you know he he ended up leaving, going to San Antonio, trying to become the heir apparent to Tim Duncan, which is uh, big shoes to fill. Huge, massive, massive shoes, and 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 I mean, I mean, think about the the not even just that because when he moved to San Antonio, the biggest thing for me was the fact that it's a you're moving into a role that that, that yes, of course, um, uh, Tim Duncan had. But t- before Tim Duncan, you had the Admiral. You had, you know, uh, you had Robinson. Uh, Robinson? Robinson. Um, yeah, David so, Robinson, the Admiral. Yeah, yeah so, like, the, in, like, these are not small-time guys, you know. San Antonio might not have been the biggest market, but these guys were bigger, larger than life, and it was like they didn't need to talk, you know, off the court. They spoke on the court, right? And... It was like, oof, Aldridge, can you live up to that hype? I always felt like it wasn't necessarily the, the best fit. I think coaching-wise, Aldridge and, and, and Pop probably worked pretty well together. They seemed pretty um, on the same page with a lot of things. But I think in terms of Aldridge's ability to execute, that was my biggest issue because I don't think he could get there, right? But he could he could understand what to do. Um and he helped his team through a lot as well. I mean, he may not have been the most dominant center there or the biggest guy there or, the, or, or, or being able to comply or, or compete at the level that they needed him to over, the, you know, over a, a, a season because he could show flashes. The guy, the guy can play and he can shoot too. He's, not, he's a mid-range guy. He's not, he's not you know, he, he's nothing to snuff at, right? But at the same time, no, just not, just not full. So it's, I agree. Like it, what the frustration with me on this is just, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a career cut short, but it's a career that could have been, you know, it could have been, he could have had a chip. I think he, he's the type of player who was good enough to be on a championship winning team. And it showed, you know, uh, literally three teams he's been on were, it have been in conversation at some point about about a championship around Portland, San Antonio for sure. And now, I mean, he fell in to like one of the most talked about teams with the Nets, right? And I think it's unfortunate. I don't know if, what this even means for the Nets if we talk about that, you know, because now they went from having Aldridge and DeAndre Jordan to now again having just DeAndre Jordan. So... <laughs> I mean, what does this, you know, what does this mean? Does this mean we, uh, that the Nets will have to go back to conceding 120 points a game? Um, probably. And uh, just hoping, just hoping that KD, uh, KD and Kyrie and, 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 um, and uh, what's his name? James are, are, all, are all bound to play. Because if those two don't, are bound. Don't forget Blake. Ah, sorry, 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 sorry. Blake Griffin too, and Blake Griffin's actually a bad man. 
That guy's a bad man. That guy can dunk. That guy can shoot. He just needed to get out of Detroit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that's I, what it came down to. He, that guy was never good. That guy was never going to play well for Detroit. What are you talking about? He's not. He, he, the whole. He didn't even want to go to Detroit. The guy got traded. You know. And he and he was he was given assurances that he was still going to stay in L.A. That was the whole thing, right? He thought he was staying in a big market and he was going to be there for the rebuild. Goes to Detroit. He's like, you know what? Cruise control. There's no need. There's no need to. There's no need to, to 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 tear an ACL or, or or hurt your back or you know for Detroit. Detroit. They. I don't even think Detroit knows what's going on with themselves. So. Good for him. Good for the Nets. Do you what do you what do you think their prospects are right now, Moses? Do you think oh, they're they fine. have? They're, you think they're still good? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look at the weapons they have. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. They'll be fine. I think Lamarcus, like you said, he did provide a presence um, in the post, but without him, you're going to have to rely on a guy like uh, was it Nicholas Claxton and, and DeAndre Jordan. So yeah. you're like, okay. And I think uh, who is it? Uh, I think there's somebody else on that team as well. Uh, for center, uh, yeah. What what, what yeah. they shouldn't have done was let go of Jared Allen. That's that's this this is. I think this will come back to bite them though. Jared Allen leaving is their. I think they're a mistake they made. They shouldn't have traded him or try. They should try and bring him back. That's what I think. Bring Jared Allen back. You you guys are clean. You're. I guarantee you're coming out the East easily. That guy will eat off anyone. He's he's that good. He's that versatile. He's stronger than you think. You know, he seems like a he looks like a small dude, but he's or like rather skinny, but he's he's big. You know, and maybe maybe the one of the only guys you, you could say he cannot guard maybe Joel Embiid, but I mean that's one guy. Or maybe no Giannis. Never mind. Never mind. You know what? Forget I said anything. Uh, <laughs> they yeah, but we'll see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um and. You know, I know this. I don't want to make this too basketball centric, but we had uh, what was kind of funny here is we've had a changing of of, of uh, hands here, Moses. So uh, if we we clock over to the Midwest, uh, it seems Alex Rodriguez has uh, has has officially become the new owner or part owner um, of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So that's a that's a very big congratulations. To um to to KATs better start juicing. Oh, there. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he knows guys. So that's 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 all you'd need to say. He's like, don't worry, <laughs> I know some people, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Anthony Edwards is gonna look uh, more like Anthony Zion Williamson Edwards next season, probably. <laughs> Get on that HGH protocol quick, quick. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and speaking with that, Anthony Edwards, hilarious guy. You know, some of the best uh, um, off-the-cuff takes that you could ever get. And, uh, you know, the, you know, when asked about uh, Alex Rodriguez being the new owner of the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves, he, he replied with, who is he? He said, I don't know who he is. I know he's going to be the owner, but I don't know nothing about baseball. Um, you know, which is fair because, uh, you know, Rodriguez was 12, uh, Edwards was 12 when Rodriguez retired. Um, and then the last time Rodriguez made an all-star team was when, uh, Edwards was nine. So it has been a while, but it's hilarious to even see that we, you know, passage of time, this and that not, but, uh, Alex Rodriguez is yesterday's jam in the eyes of, uh, 
the the next generation of sports fans. He's just now just a regular degular billionaire owner. So Moses, what are your thoughts on that? Well, he also owns uh, a beer company out in the Dominican. He's ah, does president. he? Okay. Yeah. He's a chairman. Yeah, he's a chairman of that. So they're just, so yeah, I'm sure they'll be serving uh, some of the uh, Presidente Cerve- beer. Yeah, the cervezas. Uh, uh, yeah, out at uh, <laughs> out at uh, what the Target Center? Target Center, yeah, Target Center. Yeah, you know a, what? That's fun. you know, it's it, it's no. it, the the uh, the new the new. Um, it'll be funny because it'll be the new um, the, the 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 if the the Minnesota Timberwolves score uh, above <laughs> one fifteen, everyone gets one free coupon to uh, <laughs> a free Dominican cerveza, you know. As pow- powered by whatever El Pre- what's it called Presidente or Presidente something? yeah yeah listen come on get those get those get those marketing dollars involved you know this is smart smart move um, for Alex Rodriguez I think it's incredible to see a lot more people of color moving into the uh, ownership space uh, especially because prior to that you know you're looking at the only other person of color um, was Michael Jordan. Uh, in the ownership. The owner, the, the guy who uh, owns the Atlanta Hawks. No, was it the Atlanta Hawks? No, hold on. What about the owner of BET? He owned a team, didn't he? Did he? At one point? Creator BET? Yeah. Oh, may, I think so. Yeah, maybe at one point. I can't remember. What, was it Atlanta? He may have, but then probably. I don't know if it was, uh, you know, Robert Johnson. Owner of. Charlotte Bobcats. Ah. He was a former. He, he was a former the- majority over. Yeah. Oh. So then gave it, gave it away, gave, gave it away to, to Michael Jordan. So one for one, I guess they had a, uh, you know, there can only be one of us. Uh, but it's good, it's good to see that, like, it's changing hands. I think it's, it's going to mean, you know, within the next 20 to 30 years, you'll probably see a lot more, you know, retired, wealthy athletes who have positioned themselves, uh, you know, in a, such a way that they can actually afford to be a part of these conversations. So I, I look forward to seeing the future for that um, as it will probably start to transform the sport as is, you know, and then maybe even the mm-hmm. ways in which these teams interact with their communities um, in, and, and how they affect change within, you know, the social discourse of the world and, their, and, and you know, North America, because I think having that in there plays a big role in, in how, you know, these companies react and how the organizations react. And I, I can't wait to see this more so in the NFL as well, if that ever happens. Um, but it would be very interesting to see that um, some more diversity in there. But then again, it's not a problem. You know, if there isn't, that's all good. And we keep it moving. Uh, so big ups to A-Rod. A- and uh, we hope to see him um, sooner rather than later. So looking forward to trying that Presidente Beer. Uh, beer yeah, so we are looking forward once, to trying once that. things open up. Presidente. Um, so we also do have a, a report here, and this was kind of crazy, but uh, Aaron Donald is um, in some hot water right now uh, as he was in the what is known as the, funny enough, um, Boom Boom Room in Pittsburgh. Uh, over the weekend, you know, maybe potting it up, maybe get a little too wild, get a little too loose. And, uh, you know, someone boomed into him, bumped into him in the boom boom room, uh, to which he said, you know, I'm not here for that. 
he's like, I'm here for the action. A broken nose, you know, a, a, a basically a swollen face and like a busted up shoulder later, some guy, uh, Spit is his name, I think, um, was, uh, you know, he, he was left, left hanging, got nothing, nothing on him. Um, and it seems like Aaron Donald assaulted him. I don't know what the story is, but it doesn't seem like Aaron Donald's that type of guy. Um, I might be wrong. Maybe he was just off his rocker and just thought, like, let me beat the hell out of someone because I play for a team that's probably not going to win a Super Bowl. Um, and that probably pissed him off a bit. Maybe the guy made a call. I think, because that's what I think happened. You know, if I'm being, if, I'm, if we're being honest here, I think... I think some some L.A. Rams slander uh, left this guy's mouth, and I think uh, Donald wasn't too happy about that. And yeah, he let it be known. You know, he maybe thought, you know, yeah, you getting traded. You you were on a team that was winning, then you get you got moved to the Rams, and now look at you, you ain't doing shit. Boom, boom, boom. You know, in the boom, boom room, um, and uh, that goes to say, you know, all athletes out there, you or know, pedestrians, if you do see a pro athlete especially a pro NFL footballer and the name of the club is called boom, boom room. I suggest you keep a wide berth um, because you do not want to be on uh, you know, the, the universe has a way, right? Mm. <laughs> so, mm. you know, yeah. Well, this, what, do you, <laughs> what do you think? What's your take? I think you summed it up. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's good. And now just to find Randolph third, we had a, f- some some uh, recent U, uh, UEFA Champions League news. So you know, of course, right now we also have the Europa League playing in the background. I'm I'm checking the score right now a little bit. Uh, it's still nil nil. Slavia Prague. You know, we're trying to kick out racism because those guys are a little. But uh, Moses, speak to me, man. You know, it was such a great run. You guys had it so close, so close. What, where do you go from here? Where does Dortmund go from here after losing to Man City? A team, arguably, just like yours, that has been clamoring to try and push through that last wall, which is breaking through the semis, the quarterfinals. That's always been a struggle for these teams that are good, but just not there yet. Um, what do you think? Uh, it's disappointing. Okay. Like in, in terms of uh, what happened to Dortmund, but yeah, you know there's there's some pro- like there's a lot of question marks now in terms of well, do you keep Holland? Does that? Oh no, yeah, oh. Holland and uh, you you listen. You guys have no one next season. I'm letting you know right now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have no. They they are. It's it is bargain bin hunting. Our, our 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 focus now turns to the. Returns to making the, the Champions League the academy. in the top four in the Bundesliga. It's the academy, right? Because that's the only way we're going to keep Holland. It's the academy. And if you're Holland, you might as well wait another year because at least from a financial standpoint, it benefits them to do so. For sure. He, 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 they'll, they, they can give him more money, especially if he can actually make it to the finals or semifinals with Dortmund or win, or win the, 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 Germans, uh, the German League. If he does either or, I agree, that... that Gets his stock way up, but uh, oh, I don't know. Mbappe uh, declined to extend his contract. Uh, you know the winds are blowing. Um, Man United—they uh, have their sights set on um, another one of your attackers here. So it's uh, it's not it's not looking so great for Dortmund. It, it may be another um, 
you know, rush on the bank. But the, I, I say that to Oz because I know um, the, the, the strike from Bellingham, beautiful strike, you know. Absolutely. And then also just, start, you know, also just uh, depicting a lot of, of what your, the future for Dortmund has. Where, where be it, you know, you guys just pick up a few um, young British guys who maybe weren't given a chance in, at home and uh, you put them in front of goal and then, boy, oh boy, can they, can they produce, right? Um, but I, it's great to see because it's a lot more of the younger guys. They're a lot hungrier and they take, the, this, they take this more seriously. It, it's what it feels like because, you know, for it to be that big of a, of a game and, you know, you had Bellingham score and then, of course, uh, a, a conceded PK, very unfortunate freak, freak sort of play, you know, handball here and Mares obviously converts it. But Phil Foden, incredible crack um, to the right, the bottom right corner there. And uh, it just went to show that I think within the league as a whole, within Champions League and within most of the major leagues, uh, the new crop, these kids, these 25 and unders, uh, I think are, are showing a veracity that I haven't seen in a while, you know, even because the more, you know, you would always see that the, the, the big, the big names get brought over and then they show what the standard is, but it, it's, they are showing me if anything, the more, a more lackluster sort of approach to it. Have they been, and this, this is something we did speak about maybe a year ago, actually with regards to the fact that now they're, they're getting paid over and above, what their predecessors were getting paid, like three times, two times X at, at their age versus their, you know, their, their, uh, their predecessors were uh, and, and what their contributions are. And I think it's, it's starting to slow down. I think these bigger names, not, not Holland, not Mbappe, these guys are still hungry and like you've seen, they can contribute um, very much so. But I think the guys in the late twenties and early thirties are starting to show that maybe this, you know, this money bump is not necessarily the best way to go because it's, it's, you know, you're starting to see uh, not a lot of people trying as hard as they should be because they know it's guaranteed 100K is going to hit your bank uh, at the end of the month. You know, you're going to put most of that in the Cayman Islands and, you know, 5,000 pounds will go towards taxes or something like that. And then you're good to go. And like, that's a comfortable way to live. And you sign a five-year contract with whatever team it is. It doesn't matter whether you make it or not, whether you win a Champions League, whether you win a league title, or whether you win any silverware. You're, you're already guaranteed. You know, Gareth Bale shows us exactly that. I see more golfing videos on Gareth Bale's uh, Instagram page than I do um, about Tottenham. He doesn't care, you know. You know, they Tottenham, Tottenham got knocked out, and this guy is talking about you know the the greens looking real good today. I'm out on the the links. I mean, what what is going on? And he has and and mind you, Gareth Bale has no fuss about going back to Real Madrid to finish off his contract, not to play necessarily, but just to finish off his contract. So that just you know that's just showing me a lot that there's a trend. That it's getting worse. Aubameyang, I think, is 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 another guy like that. You know, big fat contract. You know, there's very little effort I'm seeing on his part. Uh, same for a lot of other bigger bigger names around Europe. And it's just, 
yeah, I, I don't know. What do you, do you have any thoughts on this, Moses? Have you observed that? What do you think? Well, it's, it's ever-changing. Uh, when you look at, like going back to, to Dortmund, I know there's going to be players that are going to be sold. And, yeah. you know, you're seven points back from fourth place. So Champions League and with four matches to go. Yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's gonna be tight. tough hill to climb. Yeah. Yes. And so you, you got to think if you are a club like that, what are you going to do and, and start getting some of these players going? Uh, when it comes to... Uh, Gareth Bale. Well, I think Gareth Bale kind of checked out a long time ago when he got that big contract. There's no incentive anymore. None. Like, there's some guys. There's some guys who are that even when they get a big contract, they're still hungry. They play like they're just yes. you know trying to. Make, yes. They play like if they're uh, Jimmy Vardy. Yes. Oh, you know, a guy who like who was in the championship for so long, finally yes. got a crack in the Premier League in his late twenties, and you know had Ran an amazing season yeah, had an amazing season with Leicester which turned out into a call up with England going to a world cup so you got yes. a lot of things going uh, that went that went great for a guy like Jeremy Vardy and then there are others who are just going to be you know they they put in the effort but then after a while they kind of just check out and they're like all right I got my big contract I don't for care sure. sometimes sure. they'll you know when they see a coach that might not necessarily like that attitude and want more from them and they're like and they just pout even more so uh, that's kind of how I see uh, Gareth Bale in that particular sense, and it's sad, but you know what? It may just keep a spot, and there's a reason why Jose Mourinho, you know, didn't like him. That's what he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. he'll play the crap out of you if he loves you, but if you're gonna yes. be, you're not gonna fit in that system, Apathetic. and you're gonna be playing like crap. Yeah, then he's like, all right, well, I don't need you. Same thing with Deli Ali. Remember, like Deli Ali's had issues with him. Yes, Deli 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 Ali's had issues with with uh, with his work ethic. I think is the bigger issue. And I think Mourinho has pointed that out more so than any other of the other coaches, because for sure, if there's anything Pochettino forgot to mention enough to Deli Ali, that's his lack of work ethic. Because for being one of their bigger players of the squad and actual, actually like a franchise player for Tottenham, he does if if anything like I don't know, and you could replace him with any other midfielder or attacking midfielder, and they could probably do a better job. Anyone. I mean, that's why they have Regulon now. That's why they had to get, you know, that's they have a whole bunch of spate of other players who can play ahead of him because of that. Um, but yeah, no, that's exactly it, Moses. Like, I think the change in in contract is is a, I personally believe is just set to continue to negatively affect um, the the work rate because it was it was at a point where. You know, by 27, 28, when you've shown, you know, say, you know, a typical striker would need to show at least an increase in goals um, per season. You know, if you if you had 10 season one, they need to see 15 season two and then maybe 19 or 20 season three in order for you to warrant um, a, a bloated contract like the ones they have now. Because like you were saying, just like exactly the same with with um gareth bale you, when you get them on bloated contracts and you have a falling out with the coach the coach has no say in the matter because the 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 cost of keeping that player is so great such a great burden is so great a burden on the team that they have two choices either they continue to play him regardless of whether their effort level is at the level that the coach is demanding or you try and hawk them off to another team whom 
will not necessarily be happy with taking on that much debt because really, if your contracts are coming up to 60, 75 million pounds or euros, um, just off if, if it's just a transfer fee of about 72, 75, you know, 100, 100 million, which is now on average for most, you know, um, players who, whom are touted as being effective or can change the dynamic of a team, that means you would need to, you know, end up loaning the player out because there's no way anyone's going to take on that fee or even be able to make that fee up within one purchase, right? I mean, Arsenal ourselves have Nicolas Pepe on our books, but we only were able to do that because we paid a portion of his transfer fee now and we have to pay the remainder next season. Nicolas Pepe has not been as effective of a player as Arsenal has needed, and this man cost us 75 million uh, euros just to get from, uh, from, from France, you know? So... It speaks to so much uh, about, and I mean, of course, I'm drawing from Arsenal because I know that I know the finances a bit more than the other com- the other companies. But I know it's a similar trend throughout Europe. They're all struggling. Juventus is struggling as well. You know, they 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 put themselves in a position, obviously, to win um, the Champions League, and they did pretty well within their own league by getting as many big names as possible. But now they're faced with the issue of some of the big names are not performing at the level they want to. You know, I don't know if Ronaldo is at the peak that he once was for Real Madrid and, and not really showing out the way they want him to. Uh, you know, Dybala keeps getting, you know, COVID because he's out here, I don't know, kissing ladies and stuff. So uh, he's barely <laughs> ever playing. But, but then you'd have someone who's a talent, and, uh, but maybe now costing a little bit more, Moise Keane has to go to PSG or, or to Everton because they cannot afford to keep a guy who's actually got the work rate that they need on the team. He was scoring goals for Juventus when he left for Everton, you know. So it, it, went to, it goes on to show that these guys have now had to ditch the, the old prospect of you work for the money you get and then, you, you know, you show out. You get the big contract when you put in the effort. Now, you know, with uh, the way the TV money has gotten involved as well as a lot of the, um, the agents being fully vetted with how much money is actually in the coffers. I, they all step into these negotiations knowing exactly how many dollars and cents a, comp, uh, a, a team has. And that definitely greatly affects their ability to... to leverage you know more for 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 less right the team doesn't have to i mean that the player doesn't have to show anything and still be guaranteed a transfer fee in excess of 50 or 60 million so i i mean i don't see it getting any better you know you hope the younger kids the crop of younger kids don't automatically switch once the big contract hits but the big contracts are going to start hitting earlier now you know to keep to keep say to keep holland Moses, even in respect to Dortmund, Dortmund would need to give him a huge contract. And I think that's not happening though, because that's what Dortmund does. Like Dortmund, yes, sadly, lets their players go. That's just because uh, you know for financial reasons, and they've for been sure. hit hard, and particularly with COVID. So they gotta recoup some money, and you got some two prized assets in Jalen Sancho and Holland. And you're yes. like, well, we could make some serious bank with these make guys. Make some serious coin, make some serious coin. And of course there's not nothing against that. 
nothing you know to say that that's an issue but it's just to say that the nature of the beast now is that uh football in and of itself because it's grown so much and there's so much more money in it the tv deals and, and the streaming deals have done so much to benefit the leagues but at this point now we're looking at maybe a um a wall like where you have everyone who's everyone on before they get before they get stinking rich <laughs> and everyone after they get stinking rich uh so we'll have to just see how this plays out you know i i don't see too good i don't i don't see it benefiting anyone is what i'm saying because i remember the way man city played after they started to buy up the big the first the first go round at the big contract purchases when they when um, they had just been purchased, you know, by the uh, Emiratis. Um, and, you know, Robinho was making enough money to buy a Lamborghini for him and his dog. Um, Balotelli could crash his Bentley GT and then just go to the, the Bentley GT um, dealership this, on the same day and then buy a new one, you know. Uh, so, it, you know what I mean? It just... It, it creates this monster where, where by which you're dealing with players who don't need to be, they don't even need to show up to training on time, you know, which is what was a problem with, with Balotelli, right? I mean, that aside, he did have issues with his own, uh, with, you know, his own discipline level or things of that nature. But having that much money did not help because he didn't need to care about the team enough because he knew the checks were going to come every week. And it was in excess of 100,000 where you would have maybe an Eden Zeko who's actually working, Stephen Ireland, who's probably making maybe only 40 or 30,000 a, a week, which nothing to scoff at, but nothing compared to 100,000, right? It's a completely different tax bracket. Uh, and that just affords you a different lifestyle and, and outlook. And I think that's just more, it's more so the, the instead of it's, it being the exception, it's become the rule. Um, so, you know, I'm going to step off this soapbox because I know that does, there's nothing I can do about it. And I, I just wish the best for every team. And I hope we can find maybe a happy medium, you know. Well said. Thank you. Thank, I appreciate that, Moses. You know what? I don't get enough of those. But that's, that's, that's my two cents on that. But uh, outside of that, that, was, that, that's really what we had to talk about this week. Um, you know, that aside, Moses, is there anything that you saw or felt like was uh, worth noting? No, that's pretty much it, my man. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of pass through this week, uh, of course, with uh, the Champions League, uh, Chelsea made it. And, oh, uh, yes, I do have one thing. Thank you, PSG, for not blowing <laughs> yes. the game this week and eliminating Bayern Munich. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Thank you so much, PSG, for not bottling it. I agree. Completely agree. Uh, you know, Bayern tried as hard as they could, could not get there. You know, maybe it could be, it could be argued that injuries and COVID also affected them. You know, they were, they were very much hampered, but we don't care. We don't, listen, let me tell you, you know, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you right now. We don't care. We don't care because at the end of the day, the Champions League is not going to say, you know, who made it because they had enough players and who didn't make it because, you know, because of COVID. It's just going to say who won for 2021. So, you know, I'm excited to see what the final will be. I'm, I, what, you know, let me ask you, what are your predictions? Are you thinking 
a PSG uh, Real Madrid final? That because, one seems the most plausible. I, I think. Come on, Chelsea. I think. <laughs> do you think City? Ah! <laughs> City. No, this is City celebrated the Champions League final already. Their their campaign's done. They celebrated the final already. Their campaign's done. So, I mean, you know, because what is it? Is it, oh, is it City versus PSG or is it City versus? It's, it was supposed to be, I think it's Madrid City. taking on Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea's out. Chelsea's out. Chelsea, have a good one. You guys have done well. Because, you know, the, the only guy to help you win the Champions League is Drogba. And the guy's bald now and he lives, I don't know, he lives somewhere else. So All I know is of, I would love to, actually, you know what would be interesting? It would yeah. be if Chelsea did make it. So you had Chelsea and PSG. And the reason why is Thomas Tuchel, who was fired halfway through uh, the season yeah, yeah, at PSG, yeah. got hired by Chelsea, <laughs> ends up beating PSG. Could you imagine that in that the would, Champions League final? That After be, you took him to the final too. Yeah, that, that, would be, that would be intense. But I think at the same time, um, yeah, I would like to see that. I just don't think Chelsea have, they do not have the facilities. They don't have the faculties. Uh, I mean, what are you looking at? You look team team Werner. Werner's Werner's for sure gonna get you knocked out. Um, Havertz, sure he can play, but like Havertz is playing alone. You know, is Callum Hudson Odoi gonna be showing out as well? Nah, you guys don't have anyone. And if Chelsea, for example, if Chelsea did win, who gets the credit? Is it Thomas Tuchel or is it Frank Lampard? Oh, definitely Tuchel. <laughs> I can tell you. Without a shadow of a doubt, it is not Frank Lampard. Do not put Frank Lampard in any discussion. That man um, operated. It's off his of club. Vibes. It's his team. It, he operated <laughs> off of vibes, Moses. I, they literally would show up to the dressing room, looking at the board. You can have for I, tactics. I'm cool with yeah, and you know Lampard would be like, "All right, lads, you know what to do. Just get out there and give it your all, right?" All right, boys. And they're thinking, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> Should we play a high press? Like, are we playing out the wings? Like, what do you want us to do, coach? He's like, you got, that's why you got to get paid the big bucks. That's, you got to figure that out. <laughs> what? You know, it, I think, for, funny enough, it, it was like Frank Lampard operated that team the same, you know, as if, he didn't play under Jose Mourinho, whom definitely maybe would have had those locker room moments where he, he you know, he's very succinct. He's, he's quite, he's straightforward. He says, you know, lead up to the game. You guys all know what to do. There's nothing that else needs to be said about that. You guys all know your jobs, right? But that's because he did, he did so much behind the scenes in training, leading up to the, the week of making sure the formation was right and, and, and drumming it into the heads of the players. So that by the time they got to the game, it was not, there was not much that needs to be said. And that's a, that's a very in, interesting way of, of, of coaching, but it's not something that you can just easily do. I don't think Frank Lampard was even doing any of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, I think he was just saying, all right, all right, lads, today we're just doing a three-man weave. Pass, 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 shoot. That's, that's training. You know, not, hey, how are, we going to, uh, get, how are we going to battle this West Ham counterattack? None of that. It's just vibes. It's vibes. So Tuchel or Tuchel or whatever, you know, that's the guy. He's the orchestrator. He's changed so much. He's changed the formation. 
Um, he's definitely done a smart... The smartest thing was getting Timo Werner off and out of the, the rotation because that guy, that guy is the biggest waste of money I've ever seen in my life. Um, all, all, he does, all he does is just run around, chase shadows... Uh, kick the ball out of bounds, you know, pass to the pass to the opposition keeper more often than not, uh, and not really affect the game. So, and and if Frank Lampard was still involved, Moses, that's who your that's who your starting striker would have been. So, you know, I say that to say this, Frank Lampard, you know, enjoy retirement. It's going to be an early one. You know, you and uh, Thierry Henry can uh, trade notes and. Uh, Maybe call up. Pat. I think Patrick Vieira is doing okay, though. Is he not? I don't think so. Sorry, Patrick Vieira is Patrick Vieira still? Is he still coaching, or is he coaching anymore? No, he there. He was he was tailored for Bournemouth's job. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, he got fired. He got fired this season. Okay, there you go. Listen, because okay. he was coaching out in uh, in Ligue 1 and <sighs> they they started poorly and. So, moral of the story, you know, um, your heroes con coach, and uh, that's okay, you know. Just be like Patrice Ever and just, you know, get it. Nice. Into- he got fired by Nice earlier in the season. Come on, come on. But then again, you got to get your licks. As a coach, you're not a good coach unless you've been fired, in my opinion. In my opinion, or a contentious coach, because if you're being fired for. Your beliefs, that's one thing. You know, obviously, exception to the rule is like Sir Alex Ferguson or Pep Guardiola. But he was almost fired. Uh, Pep? Sir Alex Ferguson? No, there's a great Ferguson. story about Sir Alex Ferguson uh, that it was like during his like early part of his tenure. And it was oh, just before yes. the turn of 1990. They were in the FA Cup and they weren't well, the double, doing right? so hot. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, I'm not too sure if it was in 90 that they did the double. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm sure yeah. there's United it was, fans yeah, out the there first screaming time, yes. I think the first time they did a double was in the, in the late 90s, like maybe 98 or something. Mm-hmm. And then, and then and I yeah, you're saying like before. The, but I'm saying when he stepped yeah, on. Was, yeah, so when he was, yeah, in his early stages of his um, Manchester United tenure, you know, things weren't so hot. And he was basically, I don't know if they gave him this ultimatum, but there was one chairman who came out many, like a few years ago uh, and said, if he lost that FA Cup match and we didn't win anything, Sir Alex Ferguson would cease to exist. He wouldn't be a sir. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. So it just, it just been, he wouldn't be knighted. So you, yeah. you got to think, you're like, wow. Dang. Like it, it only takes one game that can either or one you know one particular moment that either yeah. takes you from this side of history or the next. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to to think that you know Sir Alex could have been fired. You're like nah, like he did. Like, he had the great success in Aberdeen when he started in uh, in the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, you know he he uh, he did well there. That earned him the job out in Manchester United, and you know. It's funny because I remember when uh, he officially retired and they appointed David Moyes. And I was like, I hate to be David Moyes because <laughs> you have to follow that track record. Yeah. Are you kidding me? In, That's almost insane. Impossible. Almost impossible. Oh. I don't even think you can replicate it at this point. I, I've struggled no. to, to find. I think Pep might be the closest. And even then, it's a, you can tell he's well, struggling. Was it him? Is, is really Pep that good? Is really Pep that, that good tactically? I mean, is he, is he, okay. Are we getting into this? Yes. 
Moses. I'm just like, saying some people won, just don't agree he won, with he's won, Mariola being okay. the, the greatest. Okay. He's he's won trophies for both Bayern Munich. Like he came into Bayern Munich, won them what, like six or seven trophies? Um Yeah, but it was domestic. Okay. Uh, okay, Dortmund. Uh, <laughs> I'm just hey, I'm yeah. just saying yeah, you're just that saying he that was he was brought in he was brought in to Bayern Munich to win what the Champions League. They already did the other stuff, and he did not. Fair, fair. Some fair, people fair. who some people just don't like Pep Guardiola. He hasn't gotten there. Like in the team that he inherited was amazing to begin with. So. Was he really that great of a coach? Was he that, that that elevated them, or was he just you know handed a team that was already you know, destined to win? God gifted, yeah, got yeah, exactly yeah. destined, and yeah. we're just a stroke away from making it. So where does that fall? Like he to me is not a I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad. Like I'm, I'm sure he might be a. Good, oh, you're uh, saying enough. You say you said enough, Moses. <laughs> you said more than enough about that. Like I well, think- you know, I'm just well. He also says he's not necessarily the world's best manager. No. Okay. Well, that's you know everyone's you you want your guy to be humble. And at least you know what? Well, you know what? You have to give him credit because you know he does admit. And I think he said this. What was it? There's some articles out there like sometime last year, late last year. So he came out and was like, you know what? I was handed great teams. So I'm not like this guy who like, you know, he he's not a um, you know a Harry Redknapp who took. I think it was at Portsmouth one year to the FA Cup final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah, not. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. not who can take like a, a a bunch of like ragtag kids essentially, or David and then Moyes. build them, build them. Well, he did for years in Ed, in Everton, and then yeah. you know, like yeah. I said, when he went to when he went to United, that was just but just now, because you're following such a big shadow. The expectation was so huge, yeah. you couldn't climb. You you couldn't like you know you couldn't climb up any further. Like the only place you can go was down. <laughs> that's that was the problem for david moyes like yeah. there was because there wasn't like okay you know what we haven't done this we haven't won this let's go after it or we haven't won in a while let's go after this trophy or something sure. that would have gotten you you'd be like all right sure. you know what he's doing Continue the job success. yeah you're like follow sir alex and tell me you tell me yeah it's like how many trophies that he's won three champions league titles the amount of premier league titles that he's won since 1990 like it's just absurd fa cup the the carabao cup that it's known now right the league cup before so you you look at that and you're like damn man i hate to be the dude that has to follow him somebody did he got his ass fired and, and you know eventually and they're still like trying to find three guy. coaches later yeah and then you're trying to find like old gunner trying yeah. his best he's doing and okay. well it's funny because anytime you look at him you're like this guy has is not I don't know what he's doing. Like, yeah, the guy I don't doesn't seem like either. he does. What he, yeah, you're like, who? Your tactics? What? Yeah. Are, did he, like, did he? You know how like these have like those little electronic football games where like the things would vibrate and like you know like you're just you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, those little yeah. boards where it's just like yeah, yeah. Boards, it's yeah, like yeah. that. Tactics, he's like, yeah. all right, what are our tactics, Gaffer? You know, Gaffer, and he's just like he's like he's just watching these like little toys. Little like, guys just start wobbling around. It's it's all right, yeah. All right, you shake on you know uncontrollably. Yeah. Uh, you start spinning in circles. You go, you know. We'll figure it like, out. Guys. What? We'll figure but it out. Somehow you can run. It's almost, yeah. Run. And I'm not saying you know, I don't know a whole lot when it comes to Man United, especially recently. I know uh, with uh, with uh, Bruno Fernandez is fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, I, I love that guy. And the fact that they picked him up, I was like, oh my god, watch him turn that team around. And sure enough, he has. He has. Yeah. And uh, you know, he's a guy that you can instantly rely on. 
like you know when he's on the pitch, yeah, something good is going to happen to your club for sure, for sure. And and I was, you know, it's and I think in Manchester United you know, clubs, but you know, he's a, he's a darn good player, and I'm sure United fans are like, yeah, we he love is. him, we love him. I I was gonna say so, so I would say that is Bruno Fernandez or Ollie's success is has rested on Bruno Fernandez having such a great season. And it's all due to the, you know, cause Bruno Fernandez plays another 10 role. So he floats, um, but like by, but being creative and, 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 and constantly attacking, he enables people like Pogba to play a lot better than Pogba was playing before. Uh, cause Pogba has someone to play off of now, you know, and, and yeah, he does in essence make Man United better. So in that regard, I would say, you know, and this is funny to even say Without Bruno Fernandes, just based on Ali's tactics, Man United would not be second in the league right now. Man United wouldn't be this high because before Bruno Fernandes, this is the same team that he had last season and they were in shambles. Half the time, not knowing who was even on the pitch, you know, um, or even how he was going to set the formation up with Pogba, uh, Fred, all these guys, he had half of the, the, the midfield playing a defensive role who've never played defensive roles before. Um, and he had defenders who didn't know how to play with midfielders. It was crazy. So, yeah, definitely having this addition helps. I don't think Ali's the guy either, you know. But hopefully this, this, his talisman carries him. His hope, hopefully, you know, no one like Real Madrid or Barcelona uh, decide to knock on the door and Bruno Fernandes starts to think about his, you know, his future. And well, I think could... they're going to keep him there because, you know, they're looking for, they, they can't, well, I know there's a lot of people linked. I think uh, Holland was another guy linked to United and, I, and of course, Sancho last season, but that fell through. Yeah. But if uh, Jaden doesn't go, you know, there are talks about like, was it Pedro Neto of Wolves? Oh. Being over. And I, I guess mean, he has a relationship with Fernandez. So if you got yeah. your buddy who's like, bruh, you know, we can be playing here, man. You can be at United. You can be here at Old Trafford. Like, you, we can you do could, some big things. Yeah, we could we got Champions big, League football. Yeah. Like, you know, we got, we, you know, we can compete for a title. Look how, like, yeah. you know, I know City ran away with it, but like next year is a different ball game. Different. Man. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, we, we need you because you can be that guy that can help us get over the hump. You know, there's a lot of people who, when you look at that, you're like, dang. So, uh, when you have that relationship, like Fernandez, and obviously, you know, you can't say much now, like you, you know, because of tampering. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> these guys play with each other for the national team. They know each other. Yes. And you know, maybe it's a way you could put a bug in the ear, like a la LeBron James. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, what yeah. he did with yeah. AD and is trying to do with Steph Curry. You know what I mean? So there's a possibility there that you can bring in another piece and. You know, Fernandez's weight is worth more than, you know, gold at this point. And you're, you might as well throw all the money to make sure or have that, you know, that trigger number uh, that would, you know, release him from his contract with Man United in terms of a transfer be somewhere upwards around 200 some million um, pounds, if not euros, you know, or the other way around. So I think, you know, Fernandez is so valuable in so many ways and not only as not not just the league, but I mean, like for, I'm talking about Man United in general. For sure, like, yeah. It's like it, it reminds me of like college when you have a college superstar, and he starts recruiting. He's like, "Yo, man, you can go to the school. I went to the school. Look how yes. my career turned out. Yes. Blah blah blah. Coach is 
you know, good. Yeah. Like they'll treat you good. The ladies yeah. here are pretty good. You know, hey, you get, whatever yeah. you want, like, you know, the life, you <laughs> know, whatever it bad, is, you know? whatever. Yeah. Whatever you want, you can, yeah. Like it's, it's one of those things where you have someone who can vouch for you and, and yeah. talk about the success and a guy who's, you know, a large part of that success, you're like, yo, I want to fall. I want to play with him. Following him. So there's a lot of things. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are, you know, going well for United, um, going forward and they're going to be dangerous next year, uh, large in part to Fernandez. And I feel, you know, sometimes it's just, it takes one or two guys that all of a sudden, you know, can change a team or like, look, look at the teams and, or look at the players that Sir Alex going back to him had, right. He had some kind of like trio that really kind of vaulted things around. Like back in the days he had like what Beckham Cantona and he had Neville. Oh my goodness. He had, oh, there's a bunch of oh no um, oh no 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 oh, what's his face uh, Keen. Yeah, he had Keen. Yeah. He had um, Giggs. He had um, yeah, and he had these guys, and then he continued that at least in the generation that I remember the most yes. in the 2010s uh, yeah. or late, uh, or I should say in the in the uh, you know large part like late 2000s more so in the in the 2010s but you know he had carlos tevez he had cristiano ronaldo he had wayne rooney he, you know they were just like oh my god like edwin van der Sar was the goalkeeper the og just doing his thing like it's uh, you know uh, rio ferdinand yeah. oh yeah they were just absolutely they, insane yeah they had they honestly had i think one of the they had like six or seven players who were probably you could consider world's best um you know, uh, there's just no way around it. They had some of the best. And it was just the run of luck. I think that was what was bothering me the most. It was almost as if the, some of the best talent was drawn to Sir Alex Ferguson. Or he, had, he has a distinct eye for it, right? Of course, because to pay, be able to pick up, you know, a, a Wayne Rooney, a Ronaldo, right? Um, pick up Nani to get, um, yeah, to have Rio Ferdinand. Guy. To get uh, who else? Gary oh, Neville. you remember Valencia? Valen- oh God! <laughs> I'm so glad we don't have to see that type of football anymore. Was <laughs> that? Well, of course. Like you guys had that one year where you guys completely, you know, to use a word that you used today, bottled it. Yeah. In, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, 2006 or seven, where you guys had a, a we were at know, the con- we were we considerable were lead, and then yeah, it, you know, man, you just started chipping away, and eventually yeah. took it, or even Newcastle. <sighs> Good times. Could have you know? Could have won a could have won a league title. I know. I mean, yeah, no, I'm, Moses, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> and you know, when you're when you're when you're falling, you, sometimes you don't even realize you're you you're at the you you just started what is called the collapse, right? You're thinking, oh, it's just a little blip. It's a little blip. You know, maybe we fell to third. You know, that's okay. We'll be back next season. Fourth? Oh man, okay. We'll stick with that. Stick with that. Now, you know, you, you know where we are, ninth, tenth. That's 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 my that's our reality now. What a what a, a fall! But I mean, back to but Man United, the like they had such a long spate, Moses, of quality players. I mean, to get that lucky over and over and over again, to even get did I did I already men- mention um, Berbatov? They had Berbatov. Oh yeah, Dimitar Berbatov. Berbatov had played like two or three seasons with Tottenham. Had done spectacularly well. You know, prior to that was, I think, playing uh, like 
in Denmark, maybe like in a lower league. So he was almost unheard of, right? It was Tottenham that were trying to give him that chance, and he he showed out for two seasons, and you know, not really thinking that that was because you could see his work ethic was not there. Berbatov didn't run. Berbatov, you know, wasn't the guy to go back and and find the ball for you, right? But the way he played for Man United was incredible. And you always could guarantee at least a goal when he, when he was on the pitch. With him, Rooney, and Ronaldo or something, it, impossible to stop those guys. Impossible, you know. I mean, even the fact, think about the fact that Sir Alex Ferguson found Ruud van Nistelrooy as well. Ruud van Nistelrooy started off his career as a defender. He played at the back. Um, it was only until getting the opportunity at, uh, I think it was Feyenoord or Ajax. He, he played for one of these, the Dutch division teams. And they sort of, from development, moved him up to striker because they could see he was, he was strong. He was fast. He had the prowess, right? And not a lot of other teams were really on him. Man United takes a chance on him. Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, I think they played against him once or twice in Champions League. And he said, we need this guy. We need this guy right now. And that's the same guy who ended Arsenal's unbeaten run. So, with a 1-0. And uh, I'll never forget that day. Because Moses, that broke my heart. Little boy's heart. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I think that's enough uh, bagging on the, one of the best teams in the world. And, and I appreciate them now as I've gotten older when I was younger. Hated their guts. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, we keep it moving. And, uh, but if, any, if there's nothing else we, we have to add, Moses, um, I guess we can say, everyone, thanks for listening in for this, uh, for this week's episode. We hope to see you again next week. Um, you know, I uh, recently, I've been, you know, now that the sun's going on, I've been, I've been uh, you know, spending a lot more me time, you know, trying to get reacquainted with who Tendo is, right? So I, I uh, visited, you know, in the local area here, they have these great Japanese Zen gardens, Moses. Incredible. And now there's folklore that says, you know, when, the, when, when Mother Earth is trying to, you know, contact you, sets messages out for you, just, just, in, the, just in the brush, in the, you know, in nature, things like that. You know, they even had a little sand, sand reiki thing you know and with a little koi pond and everything it was beautiful tranquil right you know so now i myself you know wanting to to feel and embrace this sort of tranquility approach the koi pond um and uh as i approached the koi pond one of the koi fishes just popped its little head up and spoke to me and this is crazy craziest thing he said he said you should check out paul pierce's ig live right now and i said what and he said, you already know the other thing I'm going to say. So, you know, there's nothing much to say. Koi Pond, Koi Fish are, are telling everyone, you know, as much as I'm telling everyone. So I think that speaks, you know, to a, a broader message that even Mother Nature herself has an opinion um, on this gentleman. So Moses, you know, I don't even need to say it. I think you already know what the Koi Fish said. So we don't even need to get into it. You don't even need to get into it. But just check his IG live, everybody. I hope it's still up. Or just go online. You guys know. Um, but other than that, uh, Moses, I uh, hope to see you next week. Uh, glad to see you this week, man. Um, everyone stay well, stay safe. Um, and we'll be back. Peace, peace.
This podcast is a Collab House production.